as far as the pressure, I mean, this is the NFL, and this is Philly. We know what the expectation is, and the expectation is to win football games. 35 points last week, and that's not our standard. We have to be better. It starts today. Confidence level, super high. Pressure, nothing new to us. That's what it's all about. I think they do a great job of scheming everybody up to get the ball. You know, they got a great running back, and, you know, we got Kirk throwing the thing. So uh, they do a lot of good things over there. So uh, we got to be ready to go. We just play complimentary football. We always know that it'll always hit at some point. Just have to be patient with it. There's things we got to fix and work on, and we know that. So week two, another chance, another great team, another great offensive line, and uh, we're looking forward to it. It doesn't matter what game it is. I'm always hyped. So it could be Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. It doesn't matter. I'm always up. The team always up. When the lights come on, we're ready to go. What's up, folks? It is Monday night. Yes, Monday night in the city of Philadelphia. But, of course, we are live here at the LG Direct Sales Solutions Studios in Tampa, Florida. On the mic tonight, obviously, myself and Brian F., along with our newest analyst that I'll bring out here momentarily. So it would be great to have him on with us. I won't say the name yet because I'll make sure I do the proper introduction. But, yes, it is Monday Night Football Eagles versus the Vikings at home at the link. Course game starts off at 8:30. Thank you for joining us here on the pregame show here, episode 157. And lots to get into. As we know, the Eagles barely, and I do mean barely, squeaked by that win off of Detroit. And we're hoping they'll look a lot better as Nick Ciarani talked about that it starts up front, meaning that O-line, then the D-line. So we'll see what happens here as the Eagles just mentioned there, round two, as they see it this year, they're doing different themes when it comes up to high week. So if you like that video, just hang on, because I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot more interesting stuff here coming up throughout the season. But we'll also get into Dick Vermeil. He is getting his Hall of Fame ring during the halftime show at the link. So that should be interesting. Fuji, of course, is out there at the link. He may try to come on live. We don't know, because a lot of times when Fuji's at the link, we know that Fuji... It, it becomes the link as right as he becomes a couple of Budweiser's in him and the man becomes the 11 flipping wins. So we'll see if we end up jumping on with us tonight. Also, we'll get into some of the games like yesterday with Arizona coming back against the Raiders and that crazy hot mess along with some other teams as well. The Ravens being down by the Dolphins. So some good amount of stuff to get into tonight. Also Pittsburgh from my red line, red red line radio folks. Over at Steel City Renegades, oh boy, Steeler Nation. If you can't beat the Patriots, basically the Patriots beat themselves last night, I don't know what's going to happen next for that football team, but we'll see. It is a long season. It's only week two. Two games on slate tonight. Right now, it's the Bills and the Titans kicking off. And then again, another hour and some change. We'll see our birds kicking off against the Vikings. So again, lots to get into. We thank everyone for tuning in tonight. Again, stateside overseas, from Australia, in Africa, and everywhere in between. And by the way, we hope and pray for the folks out there in Puerto Rico, my homeland away from home, that they're just fine. Unfortunately, there was a lot of power due to the hurricane that was unexpectedly that went that way that they thought wasn't going to be as big, but apparently created a huge havoc out there in Puerto Rico. So uh, let's hope for that. And also, as we continue to pray for my uncle who is battling stage four cancer, we hope that Everything works out for him. The chemo, as a lot of the family members were here this weekend, and more be pouring in just to make sure to give him that inspiration, that hope, to make sure we could say F cancer, and at the end, that he comes out on the better side of it. So 
Just hang on momentarily, folks. Once again, it is Monday Night Football. We are live here in Tampa. Thank you for joining us. Episode 157. I'm Angel, and this is Broad Street South. Of course, normally I bring in Fuji at this point because, again, he is down there at the link. I'm not going to bring him in, but bringing in today with me, Two fine gentlemen. One is the national correspondent. Of course, you guys know him. You guys love him. His, uh, wait a minute. What happened to Ryan's camera? He must have froze. Ryan, I don't know if uh, I can hear you, but I don't see your video. So let's see. Well, maybe try to exit out and come back in, my friend. We'll see. And we'll wait for Ryan to come back in. But as Ryan comes back in, our national correspondent, of course, he's a Kansas City fan. His Kansas City Chiefs have gone 2-0 so far. But tonight, we bring on our newest analyst, our newest contributor here to Broad Street South. It is Eric Mendelowitz, live from Tampa himself as well. And Eric, first of all, thank you for joining the team, and thank you for being with us tonight. Of course. Thank you so much for asking me to be on with you guys. Uh, I obviously did a little bit of uh, the uh, TBL play-by-play uh, -play commentary with you. That's how I got to know you, and it's it's great to be here, and thank you so much for having me on. Uh, no problem. Listen, it, it was fun during the TBL season. We hope there's going to be another – well, we know there's going to be another season. We just hope the Titans come back for another season, but we'll find out October 1st if the Titans come back, so that should be really cool if it does happen, and there will be a lot of things going on in the process. But uh, if you guys don't know what the TBL is, by the way, because we do have some folks who obviously download the show – it is the Basketball League, and if you guys go to the basketball league, basketballleague.net, you will see basically almost like the G League uh, behind the NBA. And what these guys do to get an opportunity by the Basketball League to be able to showcase their talent and their skills to see if they can be drafted by a team out of, uh, team out of like Brazil or overseas, possibly even getting a, a welcome invitation to the NBA. So these are guys that, that try to make it for some reason, couldn't get to that next level. And so the TBL gives them the opportunity to get to that next level. And we can't thank Evelyn and David enough for what they do for the TBL and now expanding into Canada. It just continues to grow. So if you guys don't follow on social media, please do. Uh, again, the basketball league and the basketball league.net. I see a lot of comments coming in so far. And uh, now that we have Ryan back on video, Mr. Neff, the national correspondent. How are you, sir? Gentlemen and fans everywhere, I'm Ryan Neff. It's great to be with you this evening. Got it in there, Angel. I didn't forget my motto now. But yeah, Eagles-Vikings tonight. We're almost done with the uh, second week of the NFL. And like I put on Twitter earlier today, the thing I've taken away from week two of the NFL, buckle up because it's going to be an unusual season, my friends. No, that it definitely is. And we see John Wagner saying, fly, Eagles, fly. Also, Zachary Johnson, let's go, Eagles. What's up, Angel? Go, Birds. Uh, I'm assuming that's probably, if I think correctly, maybe out of Redline Radio and or uh, my guy over there at Philly to South. Let's go, Birds. Some more comments here coming in. Defense needs to come play tonight to win this one big. And always Joey B, the man, the myth, the legend of Colorado himself. Mm. By the way, Eric, another Giants fan. Originally oh, from, look at that. Yeah. There we go. From the area, Joey B, he brings the heat. And obviously, he loves the, the, the avalanche, of course, and the winning the Stanley Cup. Ended up being mm -hmm. Tampa. But uh, Joey B says, Angel, good luck tonight, Eagles fans. Thank you. Yeah, we know, Joey, your Giants are 2-0. We all know this. Uh, Kathleen says, um, 
Oh, she's actually mentioned some people there from Eagles Mania. And thanks to Eagles Mania for always broadcasting the show on their Facebook page. We do appreciate it. Joey B, I, Fuji probably is over at, at the link in Walla. I'm pretty sure. Both in the same, but I'm pretty sure over there. Tom, hi, guys. Yes, F Cancer, prayers for him. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. F Cancer, sending prayers and lots of support. Really appreciate it. And, and uh, Neff, there you go. Joey B. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Page, I forgot to say. You know, oh, God bless and prayers to your uncle. Thank you. Thank you, you hear me? It. Yep, I can hear you. Yep. X Eagles to watch out for is Jalen uh, Rager, Jordan Higgs, starting linebacker with 14 tackles last week and starting slot quarterback, Trey Sullivan. Yeah. Hey, listen, Jalen Rager, that, that was kind of like a a, a new a, a surprise when it came to the Patriots yesterday. Joey B. Mendelowitz is that the new Mountain Dew flavor. It's <laughs> sure. <laughs> They're going to come fast and furious when it comes to Joey B. The New York Football Giants America's team. No, listen, relax, Joey. <laughs> Not quite yet. Not quite yet. But listen, we it is Monday night. We know we've seen what the Eagles have done before with the Vikings and vice versa. We've seen, I think, a surprising team out of the Vikings. I don't think a lot of people actually picked them, obviously, to win their division. Again, it's only the second week. We know this. We get this. It's not like anybody's right now. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are picking the Eagles to win a division. Does it mean that it's going to happen? Who knows? I mean, there's many games to go. We got 16 more games because this one has to start again tonight. So there's a lot that we can take away from tonight's game, which we saw last week. We also know our defensive coordinator was on the hot seat compared to, I don't know why, but on Monday morning, that was the first thing that was mentioned, that our DC was on the hot seat. Now, barring any play like last week, meaning anything that we saw where the defense struggled last week, then, yes, is Jonathan Gannon at, at the point where he may be escorted out of the building? Who knows? I mean, he won't have to travel far. He would just have to walk across the street back over to the sports complex. But, you know, it, it, again, anything can happen. Any given Sunday, of course, today it would be any given Monday. Then anything can happen. But, Ryan, you saw some of the game last week when it came to the Eagles and, and the fiasco they kind of put together. I didn't choose. And if everybody remembers, because this is where I, I know I'm not going to choose that the Eagles are going to win every single week. But I did mention that Detroit, for me, was going to be the win against the Eagles come week one. I never mentioned about it as far as Minnesota. And it almost did happen. Jonathan Gannon, Ryan, was there not enough pressure that came from him to the way he looked, to the scheme he put together for everything that we heard during the preseason? But also remember, too, it was the first time that anyone saw the first team together. And unfortunately, it was like basically, as I said on Thursday night, it was preseason and game one of the regular season. I mean, if people think that everything is going to gel and click week one, you're fooling yourselves. Yeah. I mean, nothing gels that fast. So, you know, pe people are going to have, I wouldn't even, even judge them after tonight. You got to give them at least four to five weeks to implement, get some cohesiveness. You know, uh, week one does not a season make. I mean, as far as I was concerned, the Eagles had a great formula. They ran the ball 39 damn times for 216 yards, which is a 5.5 average per rush. And they just shrewd up the defense a little bit. I'll just pound the rock. At four, 39 times, I, I said this last year about the Eagles. Run the damn football. Mix in the play-action pass. You know, they protected Jalen Hurts a little bit last week with how much they ran the football. And they also turned the Lions over two times. They almost lost the game. I get it. 
All you got to do is just shore up the defense a little bit. Now, are they going to let Kirk Cousins sit back there and let them pick him apart? I expect the Eagles defense tonight to be aggressive. They are not going to let Kirk Cousins sit in the pocket all night, get it to Thielen, get it to Jefferson, let Dal Dalvin Cook touch the ball 15 to 20 times. The Eagles are not going to do that tonight. They are going to be the aggressor on defense. But the only problem that we have that we see with, with and it seems like I, I used to say it was just like kind of like the Eagles. Now it just seems to be with almost any NFL team out there now is that either if everyone has that hot, quick start in the first half, it just seems like it fizzles out in the second half. And, and to me, I, it just, I don't understand it. You look at the Miami game yesterday against the Ravens, right? Ravens come out basically, I mean, what, 13 seconds in, they run it back for the touchdown, but, you know, with the kickoff return. So it, a lot of teams come out really hot, and then we see them just kind of fizzle out. I'm hoping the Eagles, as you said a little while ago, Ryan, said it's, it's just well-balanced. Yes, I want to see an aggressive defense a lot more than we saw last week. I think, obviously, Jonathan Gannon wants to see the same thing as well. But we also got to see this O-line protect Jalen Hurts just a tad bit more. And also, Jalen needs to continue to stay in that pocket. It's he, When he starts running out of that pocket and holding on to the ball and then throwing it the way he was last week on the run, I don't know how much longer the NFL is going to allow these guys to get away with basically in the grasp and then throwing the football without basically calling it a sack. But for me, I just don't understand why Jalen Hurts has to do this. And you have to, as an Eagles fan, you're like, you're biting your nails and wondering why, just throw it away. Just throw it away. There's no reason. Don't make something happen that's not there. I mean, it, some people are, are magicians, some people aren't. Patrick Holmes, is he a magician? Of course. Does he continue to be a magician? Yes, we've seen it. Yesterday in Arizona, Kyler Murray. I won't necessarily call him a magician, but what did he do? He didn't see anything develop, but he had, big word there, he had the O-line there that created a pocket for him on the left side for them to then get the game within two. Obviously, they had to get the two-point conversion, but able at least to get it to tie it up. So, there is just so, so much that goes on to every week preparation. But, yeah, I will love to see what this defense is going to do because, again, you're right, Ryan. I don't know why. And a lot of people do this. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people just start saying, like, oh, we know, here we go. We suck again. You know, this is terrible. I hate what's going on with the Eagles. You know, they never come prepared or anything else like that. And, and as armchair quarterbacks, we can say whatever we want to, right? Because in the end, it comes down to what's on the field. The coaches you have up there, the preparation you have. So and and like we saw yesterday, even with the Bucks, you have what Bruce Arians, who said he was not going to be as you know involved anymore because he wanted to take a step back. But where was he all game long yesterday? Right on sideline. So even with guys that have been around the game and they said they want to step away from, him, they can't. And so for the Eagles, I'm just hoping for. I want to see a lot better than we saw last week. I want to see this defense definitely tighten up a lot more than we saw last week. The bigger killer for the Eagles, it seems, it's that plus five, the plus ten. Not only just running routes, but at plus five yards at least for wide receiver to be wide open and basically the safety coverage not being there or at least not, not getting there at the same time. The missed tackles, the poor tackles, Rick Marcus had talked about it beforehand as well, is that those missed tackles are a big, big deal when it comes to the NFL. And again, it's not just the Eagles. We're looking around all around the NFL because as some teams are rebuilding, like Eric's, you know, New York Giants. There, you know, it, it's everybody right now is just in, in limbo here come week two. So if I if a loss comes from the Eagles, is it going to kill me? No. Do I expect for the Eagles to win this game? Yes. I'll just say early on that the Eagles should win this game. But again, it comes down to the O-line. That O-line has got to stand firm. 
And we just hope that Jalen Hurts continues to have that pocket presence just to just wait a minute. Don't make too much out of it. If you know you can't thread that needle, don't attempt it. Try to keep that interception ratio that we had a problem with last year different here, year two, as a starting quarterback. So that's my little tangent there when it comes to as far as the defense. And I'll get to the comments back here momentarily as I see Joey B coming in fast and furious uh, with the comments. But, Eric, we to get you involved here as well, we know when it comes to the Vikings, obviously the matchups that we've seen between the Eagles and the Vikings beforehand, and now Justin Jefferson being one of the prime wide receivers out there in Minnesota, he feels that he should have been an Eagle. I think a couple other people felt like he should have been an Eagle as well. He knows the environment he's about to come into. But looking at the, I guess, at the depth side of the house between the Vikings and Eagles, could you say, is there someone, just taking this game, we're not even going to go into the regular season, or excuse me, into the entire season because we are in the regular season, but just going into this game alone, the matchups alone, who has the advantage here at this point? Um, at this point, obviously, we know Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in this game and possibly for the rest of the season in all the NFL. But overall, when you look at the depth of each team, me personally, I, I would want to go with the Eagles wide receiver room with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal. I mean, it's just that's that sounds much better to me. That's a deeper four than Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, who is a good wide receiver, too. But he's getting up there in age. He's 32 years old. Um, they do have K.J. Osborne, who has shown that he is he has potential. And then obviously they right now as their wide receiver four have Jalen Rager, who was taken right before Justin Jefferson. But if you're going matchups, you have to go with the Eagles wide receiver room against the Vikings cornerback room, because if you want to then switch over to the Eagles cornerback room, they do have Darius Slay, who can I, I honestly I don't know. Do the Eagles play more man or do they play zone? Do they like match up like a cornerback and stick with like, is it, is Darius Slay going to be on Justin Jefferson the entire game? Or are they going to keep Darius Slay on one side and James Bradbury on the other side? Yeah. You can't, you can't single just, you can't, you can't single up Justin Jefferson. That's a well, recipe I know that. for disaster. I'm just wondering whether or not, obviously they're going to probably be doubling Justin Jefferson, but I'm wondering whether or not Darius Slay is going to be, following him around on either side of the field, but it doesn't, it, it really doesn't matter because I, I would rather go with uh, the Eagles top two cornerbacks in James Bradbury, who last year with my giants struggled. I think it was just the defensive scheme that didn't fit with him very much. So he doesn't do great in man. He's better in zone. So, and he, he has said that he likes the schemes that the Eagles defensive coordinator has put in place. And then Darius Slay, obviously pro bowl level, corner for for them um and for for the vikings it's really just peterson and that's it i mean they're they're num their number two corner going in uh, i believe is injured for this game uh andrew booth the the rookie he's out for this game so they're they're short on cornerback death so for me it's obviously i think it's clear cut eagles have the advantage in the wide receiver versus uh cornerback department you know, we also know that too on uh, both on both sides of the house here on a, on a defensive line and our O line uh, between Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Blaine Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Isaac Simalo, uh, 
they all end up and Josh Sweat end up getting some rest over the weekend on on Saturday. I believe they end up getting the rest leading up to tonight's game because obviously you want that line again to be healthy and fresh. The only one that I see right now is our guard Landon Diggerson. Apparently he's fighting an illness, um, and then for Jack Stoll, the tight end, his ankle. Uh, it's preventing him from from any work as far as in this game, and and I'm hoping what I, I I what I would like to see is Ryan. You touched on it earlier, and and I I would like to see more of a running game against Minnesota than I would see the, the passing game for sure. It, it, would I like to see 50-50? probably, but I like to this game alone. I like to see sixty forty just to see what the Eagles have as far as their running back stable. I would like to see what's going to happen here with Boston Scott, um, obviously with Miles Sanders as well. But I would like to see, and Ryan, I could be wrong. It's just we haven't seen too much. Yes, we saw probably the most against Detroit. I still want to see what the Eagles have together in the running game because in the air, I'm not second-guessing what obviously Jalen Hurts is doing, but I, for me, the wide receivers, we know right now we're, we're stacked in the wide receiver department. At least to me, I, I believe that we are. But I want to see the run game. Do we see Miles Sanders, Ryan, by, just by a slim chance tonight, possibly – maybe getting 100 yards, or is it looking more towards 80-ish to 70-ish yards? Well, I said last week Miles Sanders was going to have a huge day, and he did. Now, collectively, as a running unit, they did rush the ball 39 times for 216 yards last week. They had, you know, four, four touchdowns rushing. So I think you're going to continue to see a running back by committee. I still think Miles Sanders is the best running back they have on their roster. So – that that is the formula for them. I, I, I and again, I'm I, I hit the harp on last year, but you know what was uh, I'm looking at the stats here. Uh, last week, Jalen Hurts was 18 to 32 for 243 yards and no touchdowns passing. Well, they, they didn't have to. Detroit was like a sieve defensively. They, they just yeah. couldn't stop the run game. Um, but I think Philadelphia is going to have a, a a tougher test tonight in Minnesota's defense. I don't say I don't think Sanders is going to go over 100 yards. I think collectively, you know, if Philadelphia decides to pound the rock, running back by committee, are they going to get over 100 yards? Probably, but Minnesota is a different beast than Detroit. I actually pick Minnesota to win the NFC North because um, I just think that Green Bay, with the loss of Devontae Adams, is just I mean, it's going to be huge as the season goes on. What I'm looking for tonight. And this is where Philadelphia is going to have to really hunker down. They gave up 28 rushes for 181 yards last week and three touchdowns on defense. That's horrible. That's absolutely horrible. And Detroit was it was it was a it, it was a running back show last week. Well, now you got Dalvin Cook coming to town. Dalvin Cook is a different beast than DeAndre Swift and what Detroit has. So can Philadelphia tidy up enough things? going into tonight's game to not let Dalvin Cook go off like the Detroit Lions went off last week. That's what I'm concerned about. I think Jalen Hurts will be okay. Um, but again, Philadelphia is going to have no. have to sort of have that same form the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock. And again, mix in some play action passes in there. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll pick the game a little bit later on because I don't want to, you know, pick it too early now. Right. But it's just defensively, Philadelphia – because last week against Jared Goff, it's not like Goff went off. He only had 215 yards passing. I mean, he, he chucked the ball up 37 times, but he only completed 21 – you know, 21 to 37 for 215, two touchdowns and a pick. 
you know, it wasn't like spectacular. So, um, but again, Justin Jefferson, a different beast. So they're going to have to pick their poison. Do we shut down Justin Jefferson and like, you know, Dalvin Cook get his, or are we going to commit to stopping the run and Dalvin Cook and let Justin Jefferson get his? It's a double-edged sword. They're not going to be able to cover both at the same time. You just, you're just not going to do it. Yeah. Well, so, well, let me ask you this much. Do you think since we're talking about obviously a combination of, of the running backs, possibly in hundred yards, does then Devonte Smith have a breakout game? Ryan, sorry, you froze up. <laughs> no, listen. So I was saying that if we're talking about you were talking about the running game, obviously combined combined effort between all three running backs, it could be over a hundred yards possibly. But as far as Devonte Smith, does he have then a breakout game today? Um, I think Minnesota is going to make a point to double him just because of what happened last week. And I think Devontae Smith can have a, a big game tonight. I don't think the Vikings want A.J. Brown to go off. They're just not going to do it. Right. Devontae Smith has a hell of a lot better game this week than he did last week. I, I do foresee that happening tonight. All right. Well, we all see Jack – or excuse me, Joseph Stinger. Hi from Florida. Go Birds. Good evening, Angel, Ryan, and Eric. And see now, Joey beat once again, Eric. I, I'm gonna see now that he knows that you're a Giants fan, right? This is how quick he is on making names up here. First of all, he says, I'm a huge Mendelitz fan already. My Giants love it. Outstanding. Go blue, go big blue. And now it's Eric the Menace <laughs> Mendelitz. Gonna <laughs> cause havoc with Fuji during Giants weekend, and that's true. Wait until he comes back. I don't know who this is. We're telling you to turn off your Ryan or your video, Ryan. Uh, I don't know who it is, but uh, also go birds, and that was from. From Sherry Marcus Pino, if I'm saying it correctly, and Neff's internet is like Jalen Hurts freezes under pressure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good Lord. And, <laughs> and speaking of, there it is. It freezes up a little bit as he's saying it. But listen, and I just hope the only thing I hope for is obviously we see oh things injury free at this point, uh, is what I'm hoping for. So we'll see. And, and, and it's funny because Eric has, was, as Ryan was talking about Detroit now, let's not forget that a lot of people I think kind of have given up on Detroit, but. And and I'm not by any means DCU as everybody knows it around here, but they are known as commanders to everybody else in, in the NFL. But he took on the commanders and beat them 36-27. Again, almost squeaked out a win last week. So I don't think for anyone who believes that Detroit is just coming into this season to, I don't know, to tank it or to blow it or anything else like that, I, I'm starting to believe that Detroit is going to start ruffling some feathers. And maybe with some teams are going to need that those wins towards the latter part of the season to get into the playoffs. I think Detroit Vainty is going to be spoils this year. So could we see a flip from what we saw going to obviously over to LA, dare I say the starting quarterback, the former starting quarterback for the Lions. Could we see a flip of the script here? Not saying by any means Detroit would surprise anybody and get into the Super Bowl, but has any has everyone kind of taken Detroit a little bit too light, Eric? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Last year, going at the end of last year, I absolutely thought that the Detroit Lions were arguably the best three 13 and one team of all time. Like they were just barely losing and they kept fighting throughout the season. When you're at, when you're at two wins at one point throughout the season, through the majority of the season done, it's hard to still be competing. 
it's hard to have the motivation to keep going out there, especially in the sport like football, where you're physically just getting just being abused every game. But they kept fighting because Campbell is such a motivational coach. And if you haven't seen the Hard Knocks series yet, they they were on it this year. And I I think that Detroit could could easily be a um like the the team that people that other teams think is going to be an easy win and then they just they pull the upset because they they were close so many times last year which i think is a good stepping stone for them prior year i know they only won thir- three games but uh they can obviously score points i mean they're they're putting up 230 pieces in back-to-back weeks against Philadelphia and the Commanders. And I don't think the Commanders are anything special, but Detroit's also still rebuilding. But being able to score is um, – that means that you can at least win in a shootout. Right. If, you're, if your defense isn't showing up, at least you can bet that your offense can score 30 points. And it's not easy to score 30 points in the NFL, in the NFL even if it's an offensive league because – uh, it's not college ball. College ball, like last, like this past weekend, we were seeing uh, teams dropping seventy-seven points. I think my my Ohio State was doing that. Um, so, I think Detroit teams should not take them lightly. I think fans should not take them. Fans of other teams shouldn't take Detroit lightly. They're a hard, hard fighting team that I think could could reach five to six wins this season. I don't think that's out of reach. I don't think so either. I, and and again, we're going to see what's going to end up happening uh, with Detroit. I don't. I have for a lot of people just like well, I don't know if I put Cleveland in the same category because Cleveland last night kind of stunk up the house uh, against the Jets. And Joe Flacco obviously showing the Father Times doesn't caught up with him either. So I I don't know if I mm, I don't know. I think it, the surprising one so far to me um, has been the Bengals. I I would have thought the Bengals would have picked up where they left off last year. And it just it seems like the Bengals are are somewhat of a, of a disarray, and and I'm I'm not saying because of the way the season obviously ended with them losing the Super Bowl, but to me I I just thought with the success they had last year, granted the same way they're starting right now is the same way they started off last season. We saw where we got there, but it doesn't seem like the same team of last season. Is there something that any of us are missing? By the way, I can't freaking stand it. Obviously, it was the Cowboys who beat. Uh, the Bengals yeah. are last ditch effort, but you know, whatever. Of course, we're always welcome Cowboys fans here because you know we, we go all the way around the NFL, so I'm never gonna say hatred because you know it, it's an it's a not so lovable atmosphere when it's obviously us and and the Eagles. I mean that, that is a love-hate relationship when it comes to, to the games there, but of course we don't hope for any hate upon anyone. But I mean, Cincinnati, and are are we convinced that maybe Cincinnati can get things turned around? We know it's only two weeks, but it, it just doesn't seem the same team as last season. I think they can turn it around because you guys talked about it at, in the uh, the beginning of the broadcast, how they pretty much didn't have a preseason. This is their preseason, but this is also the regular season for them. Joe Burrow, he was coming back, I believe, from a surgery. So this is the first time practicing, and it's mainly, it's mainly the O-line. I'm not concerned about Joe Burrow's connection with Jamar Chase. I still think that's going to be one of the top connections in the NFL. I'm not worried about Joe Mixon. I'm just worried about the that there needs to be a connection with all the alignment and Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow has been sacked 13 times already through two weeks. 
which is an absurd six and a half sacks per per week is an absurd amount. And that's obviously not going to continue. I know last year he got sacked 70 times total. So you, you can say, hell, it could easily still continue. But the Bengals made a conscious effort to go out and upgrade their offensive line. And they haven't had time to gel yet because they didn't play in the preseason together. And that's why I don't, I think for newer rebuilding teams like my Giants, I think the preseason is valuable because you want to you want to be able to gel the team together. But if you're the Rams who just won the Super Bowl, you don't need the preseason, especially if you're bringing a majority of people back. And for the Bengals' sake, yeah, they made it to the Super Bowl, but they have an entire new offensive line. So, and so that's a whole new unit that needs to gel together and that Joe Burrow needs to get used to again. So yet uh, they got had a disappointing loss against the, the Dallas Cowboys, but I don't, I still think that they can make it to the playoffs either by winning their division, which is, I think the Ravens have a good shot winning their division or even making it as a wildcard team, but that's even more difficult to win as a wildcard team, especially with, how with the, all the teams in the AFC West? Yeah. Let's let's call it like it is. The offensive line for the Bengals stinks. They stank it last does. year, and it stinks this year. Do I still think they can win the division, even though they're zero and two? Yes. The Ravens don't impress me. I mean, you know, other than Mark Andrews and Duvernay, and they they have a running back by committee. Um, the Browns lost to the Jets yesterday. I I, I think the Jets are much improved. But they still have Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. And Pittsburgh, and I said this before the season started, I know right now at Pittsburgh it's in Trubisky we trust, but Trubisky has a short lease on him. And if he has another game like that in the next couple weeks, they are going to put in Kenny Pickett. They're not going to wait. So I just think this division, even though the Bengals are 0-2 and two and they got a lot of issues, you know, and I said before the show tonight, go back and take a look at the previous Super Bowl loser and how they fare the next season. They don't do so well. It's a Super Bowl hangover. Um, but I, I, you know, I picked the Bengals to win this division. Right now, nobody's undefeated in division, I don't think. The Browns are 1-1. One one. Steelers are 1-1, one one, losing to the Patriots. Right. And, you know, how is Baltimore going to react to blowing a 21-point lead being up 35-14? You just you, you don't know. Right now, nobody in the AFC Central scares me at all because it just they're, they're just not that impressive this early on in the season. Now, Joy B. had made a comment earlier saying about Mike McDaniel. Are, are any of us surprised that him and the points his offense put up yesterday? The Dolphins might be a sleeper, and then it could be. Listen, they said right for Tua, they 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 put the weapons around them. And they said it, it's for him to blow this year. If anybody can end up blowing their start position job, it would be Tua Tagovailoa. At least anybody, anybody with any kind of smart sense, because he was loaded and surrounded by weapons. And obviously, he's showing his talent. And I know a lot of people didn't, you know, they didn't believe in him. He so far two weeks, he's been looking pretty good. Again, we got 16 more games to go in the NFL before it's all said and done. So right now, he looks he, he looked good. Obviously, with that comeback yesterday, it was completely insane, just like it was with Arizona against the Raiders. But it could be slow. Now, on, on the flip side for the Ravens, there is a pressing quarterback issue that he's looking to get paid. Now, mm -hmm. on, to play devil's advocate, if you look at yesterday's game, 
No, even though he may have had a good performance, but most guys, when you're playing for a contract, right, you give your all, you do the best you possibly can. And again, it's only it's only game two. But if I'm the owners and I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, I know he's looking for a new a new contract extension. We know we want to have him here. Hopefully, we'll have him here for whatever it is, four years, five years, whatever these new mega contracts are end up being. But if yesterday's game was anything expected from the Ravens coming up throughout the regular season, and, and I'll pose the question to both of you guys, did, did that game hurt his contract expectations just a little bit, or does it not matter just before uh, just based upon performance yesterday? And Eric, I'll go with you first. I don't think it hurts his contract poss- extension possibilities at all. I mean, he doesn't. He's he's not the one playing defense, and the defense. I mean, he put up a fantastic game and I, I so I don't I don't think it hurts his contract possibility at all and I I don't think the ownership is looking at that that either right now I'm trying to bring up the stats for what for what he did in last uh yesterday's game I mean he had three touchdowns he threw for 318 yards and he rushed for 119 with another rushing touchdown uh I don't know how much more you can ask from I mean it's not it's the defense side of the ball that that gave up that lead um they're the ones that blew the 21 point lead it's not like I I get Lamar made I mean are you expecting Lamar to extend it to a 35 point lead that's kind of hard to do in the NFL so it's you have to think of it like this in this upcoming draft, maybe even the next two NFL drafts. If you look at the free agent market, if you're looking at any teams looking to possibly trade a QB, right? There's no one better right now for the foreseeable future than Lamar Jackson. Yes. You could franchise tag him, but that, and if you're going to keep franchise tagging him, that's going to cause more than just a, just a, 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 a super extension of sorts. So, I think they have to extend them. There's no better option for the foreseeable future. They're kind of in win now, right now. Um, but yesterday's performance, I don't think hurts his possibilities of getting a contract extension. No, that, that was a team collapse yesterday. It, was just, it just wasn't Lamar Jackson. Um, but I'll say this. He can't do that every week because no, if they no. rely, if they, if they rely upon him like that, to build a lead like that and then you collapse. He can't do that every week because by the 10th week of the season, he's going to be gassed. You know, he, he can't go running for like 80, 90 yards a pop or, you know, he threw for 318. I think he, he ran for like like a buck something yesterday. He's – they're, they're going to use him up. They're just – and what they have done a disservice to him is, again, no solid number one running back. It's – it's really going to be running back by committee. You know, Mark Andrews is their top receiver. You know, Duvernay is not going to have games like he did last week all the time. You know, are the other receivers that do they scare me? No. You know, like yesterday's game was an anomaly. I don't think anybody saw that kind of score in yesterday's game. They just didn't. You had Baltimore's defense that was spectacular in week one. You had Miami's defense that was spectacular in week one. And yesterday they explode for 82 points. Who knew? Yeah. It's but no, I think it hurts his contract talks. Or... No, I, 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 just, I don't think so. But again, it's going to last. 
Right. Now, the funny thing is that I don't believe so either. And the only reason why I posted a question up there, because I only heard from one media outlet today, which I thought it was the funniest thing when they said that it would end up hurting his contract negotiations. And looking at that game yesterday, I was like, how in the world could you even think and or fathom that that was completely and utterly his fault? But again, this is why people, you know, say and do what they do. And in the end of the year, usually most of the times end up eating crow. And who knows, maybe they'll be eating some raven crow at the very end. But also on the flip side, if you look at San Francisco right now, Jimmy G, feel bad for the guy. I, I really feel bad for him because look what he had to go through, obviously, in New England. Then he comes to San Fran. San Fran has basically no belief in this guy whatsoever. So then they decide to go ahead and promote Trey Lance to starting QB. Now, listen, karma, you can call it whatever you want to. To me, I think this is kind of karma on San Fran because you decided to rush Trey Lance into that starting QB position with a good quarterback that you guys have. I don't know what it is that they have against Jimmy G, but ironically, Trey Lance breaks his ankle, done for a season, in comes Jimmy G, becomes a savior. And not only that, the money that he made yesterday, he made, what was I, I'm almost certain he had like a $300,000 bonus because he played X amount of minutes. I believe his contract was like he was renegotiated to 823 plus a bunch of incentives and bonuses and everything else. But if you look at it, if Jimmy G continues to go the route that he's going, at the end of the year, he is to make more than Tom Brady with the Bucks. And that, to me, that's a little bit insane the way they restructure his contract. But again, for those who hate Jimmy G, the man keeps coming back. Now, if there is a team, and, and San Fran at this point, I believe, would want to hold on to Jimmy G until the end of the season. But then again, we've seen some teams do some crazy things. If a team right now would need the services oh of Jimmy God. G, Ryan, and I'll go with you. Who? Do you, well, nope, he went away. So, Eric, I'll, I'll go with you then until <laughs> Ryan pops back in here. But if someone needed services for Jimmy G, which team do you think would need him the most? Well, I don't think – I really don't think San Fran can move off of him now. Um, right. You were talking about the incentive stuff, and I have the information right here. For every game that Jimmy Garoppolo plays, at least 25% of the snaps, he earns $250,000. If 49ers win that game, the number jumps up to $350,000. Um, so there's the uh, incentives-based contract that you were talking about. There – but – San Fran can't move off of them now. Um, I think they're probably, obviously, it's almost insurance, and it paid off. You always get insurance in hopes that you never have to collect it, but you got to get it just in case. And what sucks to Trey Lance is absolutely horrible. He finally gets his shot, and then he just breaks his ankle right then and there, and it's it's yeah. it's awful. And plus. Week one didn't do him any better, too, with the state of Chicago, the Chicago Bears field. I've never seen a grass a grass field that was literally flooded, like puddles on puddles. It, it looked like just a normal road here in Tampa when it rains. Right. Um, but uh, I wouldn't say there's really a team that would – let's just say San Fran's willing to part ways and – uh, with Jimmy G, if they're if they can't win with Jimmy G and they part ways, the only really team is the Browns. But I feel like the by the time San Fran wants to part, would be willing to part with Jimmy G. Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson is already going to be coming back by then by week thirteen, and I think that's when uh, we may see whether or not 49ers can make the playoffs or not by then. And 
And for from going previewing, I think with Jimmy G, he just can he's not gonna be the best. He's not he's not gonna be the best uh QB in the NFC, but he can win you games and the 49ers rosters allows him to win them games. The 49ers roster is one of the best in the NFC, let alone the league. So I don't think they're going to move off of them. But if they were, really the only team that I could see would be the Browns if it were a sudden move um, because they obviously can't win with Jacoby Brissett. Not right Right. now. Absolutely without. Yeah, and interesting enough, obviously, I mean, unless Pittsburgh will be shopping in the end of the season because, again – Yeah, it's possibly Pittsburgh too. Yeah, because I San Francisco, San Francisco was smart to keep him, and he probably didn't really go anywhere because he probably tested the market. There probably was, and, I, and I'm going to say this: <laughs> the Cowboys in the offseason are going to have to make a decision between Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. And the thing about Dak, and I said this after he got hurt this last time. I don't know if they're going to actually bring him back next year. I don't know if you'll see him in a Cowboy uniform next year after this. He's been hurt a lot the last three seasons. He's had plenty of talent around him. I said it's the curse of Jerry Jones. But <laughs> in the offseason, they will have to make a decision. So, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy G was smart to do this, man. And I'll tell you what, the other thing about the 49ers is now – I guarantee you the rest of the NFC, Trey Lance, the 49ers, they don't scare us. Now that Jimmy G's back in there at QB, I guarantee you there's teams around the league now in the NFC that are taking a double take and going, oh, no, they've got the game manager back in there. They've got that defense. They, they've still got plenty on offense. Now I think San Francisco scares a lot of teams again. I think so. You're probably right, Ryan, in, in for like – Listen again. I don't know what it is with San Fran, the relationship with Jimmy G. From from what I understand, they try to shop around as much as they possibly could during the offseason. But hey, listen once again. Who knows? What if just ironic? What if Jimmy G. gets him to the obviously the NFC Championship game and ends up getting into the Super Bowl? Then what? Now you make the choice like, hmm. Just let's let's take the hypothetical road, just a long hypothetical road. Let's just say San Fran, futuristically speaking, turns around, wins the Super Bowl finally with Jimmy G. Then what? Well, that'll be the big de- – this was the worst possible case scenario for the 49ers. The worst possible case scenario. Because you're right. What if, what if Jimmy G leads him to the promised land? Even if he gets him to the Super Bowl and loses again. He's still got to get to the Super Bowl. Then you've got a real dilemma on your hands. I don't know what they're going to do because they're going to have they, they'll have backed themselves into such a corner <laughs> that I I don't think they'll know what to do come season's end. Now again, the long hypothetical road, but with the talent that the 49ers have on their team, and now Jimmy G being back in there as the number one, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's a long way off, but again, worst possible case scenario for the San Francisco 49ers right now. Now, uh, Joey B just chimed in. He said Jimmy G would look great in Brian Dable's uh, 
offense there because uh, apparently Danny Dimes, no one's convinced with Danny Dimes. I, I'm not no. either. I was never a Danny Dimes fan for New York. Not that I'm a Giants fan, but I don't believe he was the answer either out there in New York. So, Eric, would that be a good fit for New York? No, no, I do not. I, I've heard this narrative for a while now, and I've never bought in. I and I personally have not thought it would be a uh, a, a good a good idea on the Giants' part because, Jim, like Ryan said, Jimmy G is a manager, and in order to win with the game manager, you need to have a good roster. And we simply on the offensive side of the ball, we don't have a good roster to uh, to. To, to make uh to make Jimmy G look like he did now. And but I also know, and I will admit, and I've been saying this, Daniel Jones is not the answer. I don't think Daniel Jones is returning next year. They're gonna probably draft a QB in this year's draft. I would want them to. I'm ready to move off of Daniel Jones. Um, I'm glad they gave him a chance, but they also they did not help him out at all. Uh, they gave him horrible head coaches. They gave him horrible offensive coordinators and Jason Garrett, who just would not let him play to what his strengths at all. They were more trying to uh, just make sure that his weaknesses didn't show and not really show off his strengths at times. Um, but I am—I don't think Jimmy G is the answer for New York because um, we don't have a good enough roster to uh, to. To where Jimmy, yeah, Archie Manning is the Giants' only hope in six years, possibly. Um, but I don't expect Daniel Jones I to be back next year, and I don't expect uh, Jimmy G to be wearing uh, the big blue jersey uh, in the coming years either. Yeah, well, here's oh boy, we're gonna see. There's there's a lot again of NFL season left. It, it's gonna be really interesting. Past tonight, come next week, it's gonna get really interesting as the game matchups get better and better. But I also want to flipping back to the Eagles. Let's not forget that tonight, and the reason why Fuji's not here because he had to escort Dick Vermeil into the link, and, and hopefully he's sober enough to be able to do so. But Dick Vermeil, we all know that he about a month ago got his uh, induction into the Hall of Fame. Thanks to Coach Vermeil for getting the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Fortunately, they couldn't win with the Eagles, but he was able to do it with KC. He was also able to do it with the Rams. But he will be handed his ring, just like Brian Dawkins did, in, uh, at the halftime on today's game. So I want to play a, a film here of Dick Vermeil, courtesy of the Eagles, uh, of what to expect here uh, come halftime. So watch this. Roll one, Coach Vermeil. There were many quality people who sought the head coaching job of the Eagles, but no one impressed us as much as Dick Vermeil. It's certainly not gonna be anything magic where you walk in and put on a new green helmet and all of a sudden they become winners. We gotta make the people we have better. That's it, get it to him. All right, get it to him, take him. Hard work never hurt anybody. There's just no easy way to do anything. That's it, that's it, that's it, all right. Tough. <laughs> you work real hard and invest a lot of hours in getting better and you do what you're asked to do as hard as you can do it every day on the practice field. Well, Sunday it becomes just part of your personality. Tough. Tough. Our guys are used to working hard. Twelve years. Twelve years have gone by since the Eagles have been a winner. We're, we're going to come out winners today. You worked like winners. You played like winners. I just think we're uh, everything we're doing is going in the right direction, and, and one day you're going to be very proud of this whole Eagle organization.
this game ball, guys. Uh, I'm going to give this to the city of Philadelphia. The city of Philadelphia has been very good to Philadelphia Eagles. And, and they're outstanding fans and outstanding people. Now we just flat ass kick the out. We just get after their mask. You surround yourself with good people. Chances are things are going to go your way more often than not. And fortunately, my good people have to, are also good football players. You go to the Super Bowls. To be able to call you guys a champion, it's, just, it's the greatest thrill I've ever had in coaching. And thank you for what you've done for me. Now, the one thing there where obviously Coach Vermeil, I wish that one coach in Eagles history, I truly wish that Dick Vermeil would have been able to have won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. Andy Reid tried. It didn't happen. He did it with Kansas City. God bless him for it. Uh, but for Coach Vermeil, I hope for not only many, many more years of him blessing everyone at uh, at the link with his presence and, and continue what he does with the NFL because he still stays in contact with a lot of people uh, even though, and he does still remain in the uh, in the county area outside of Philadelphia, but uh, we hope for just many many more memories from Coach Vermeil. So I hope he enjoys getting his ring in front of the sellout crowd out there, which I'm pretty sure is going to be absolutely insane. And again, with Fuji, as Joey B says, Fuji's probably at the Porto John the Lot D. Well, he's probably doing that so he can get himself ready to escort Dick Vermeil in. So, uh, listen, game is just about a half hour underway here before we get things started. And the last thing that I want to show here before we end up wrapping the show tonight is we know so far the Eagles have, I mentioned earlier on, that Eagles have tried to be a little more kind of uplifting, a little more relaxed. They try to go back into that, you know, yes, we have business to take care of, but at the same time, too, we want to enjoy it. So the Eagles talk about getting loud tonight. Now, in this message, it might be a little bit differently but I want you guys to understand, when they say get loud tonight, it might come, I don't know the keyword what to say here, but anyways, you guess for yourself here. Message to the Eagles fan for Monday night. Let's go. Go Birds. Get drunk. You don't need to say too much. It's Monday night football. We love you guys, but on third downs, when the offense is up, can we please be quiet? I don't want to go on a silent cadence at home game if we don't have to. Yeah. Love you guys. I want to make sure y'all heard me the first time. It's Monday night football, man. Monday night. Hey, I need y'all to go crazy. I'm so excited. Let's go, man. Let's go. That's so crazy. I can't wait. So obviously the sarcasm there saying don't get loud. It is obviously the polar opposite. Yes, get loud as much as you possibly can tonight because listen, it, it, it's Tonight, it's a big one. It's definitely a big one. For it's for Dick Vermeil, more importantly, that's what the Eagles want to do. They want to represent. Again, if anyone sees Fuji out there with the Philadelphia Police Department, let me know because we'll make sure that we'll get him out so he'll be back here for Thursday night show. But I'm pretty sure Fuji, and, and for those who didn't know as well, Fuji was at the Ravens game yesterday with some family members out there. So it might have been a reason why maybe Miami ended up coming back because obviously he's not going to root for the Ravens. But uh, listen, we don't know. We're going to see what's going to happen. We've seen some predictions here. Only by 7-1 was earlier, uh, 31-24. So, Ryan, I'll start off with you. What is your prediction for tonight? Well, I think tonight what's going to happen is, look, 
Minnesota didn't turn the ball over last week offensively. Neither did the Eagles. I think whoever wins the turnover battle tonight and whoever wins the running battle, I think wins the football game. I know I'm going to piss the Eagles fans off. I know I'm not trying to. I put on Twitter the other day. I think I put on Minnesota 27, Philadelphia 23. Okay. Eric? Uh, it's. I think this is going to be a really good game. I've all like looking into week two after week one and seeing this is Monday night game. I really liked this game a lot. It's going to be close. I think that it is going to be a passing attack versus a rushing attack. Um, and for that reason, this is a passing league. So I will have to go with the Vikings and I'm going to say, and completely unbiased. I'm not trying, not trying to say that the giants are going to end up with a, uh, First place in week two at all, but I'm going to go Vikings 24, Eagles 21. All right. Well, and uh, as Rick Marcus said earlier, he's sitting at Tampa Joe's waiting for an Eagles win. Uh, I'm hoping for an Eagles win as well. I think it's going to be one of those surprising high scoring games tonight. I don't know why, but I'm kind of feeling it. I do believe the Eagles come back late to squeeze this one out 42 38. I think it's just going to be kind of wow. one of those nights where it's wow. going to be a high powered offense game. I'm, oh, it wow. could be, who knows? It could end up being 6 <laughs> 3 at the end of it. Who the heck knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will see what ends up happening. Melissa, thanks to our sponsor, of course, Tampa Joe's. And for everyone sitting out there, like Rick Marcus at Tampa Joe's, we do appreciate it. 93 16 Anderson Road is the address out there at Tampa, Florida. It is a hop, skip, and a jump away from the airport. So if you guys are flying in, stop by Tampa Joe's and visit TampaJoe's.com. Check out their full menu. It is an absolutely beautiful restaurant bar. Mike Goodwin and the entire crew out there do a fantastic job. If you guys, you can stop by there. It's open seven days a week. So it's not just on game day. It's every day. Visit Tampa Joe's and TampaJoe's.com. Also, if you're looking to take a trip and you want to travel with the pros, go to phillysportstrips.com. Also, you can go through our site as well, broadstsouth.com, and go right to the Philly Sports Trip page. And through there, you can book your trip for the next upcoming ones. Obviously, next week, there is a bus trip down to D.C. where Fuji himself will be driving one of the buses. And I believe right now, it's a 1,000 folks in buses heading down, down there to FedEx Field. So that should be a tremendous, tremendous trip. But if you guys, again, want to travel with the pros, please visit phillysportstrips.com. And not only for Eagles, for Phillies away games, even though the season's coming close to an end here, obviously there'll be, I believe, some hockey games as well. And so if you want to visit and you want to travel, and spring, by the way, for those who want to come down for spring training, they do have, I believe, coming up in the next week, if it's not already up there, Book your trip for spring training. Last year was a phenomenal time with the group, and I'm hoping that the Eagles somehow or another, I don't know, crazy enough, played the Bucks again so we can see them again like we did in January down here. But again, visit phillysportstrips.com, book your trip, and travel with the pros. Also for lgdirect.net for Larry Gilman. If you guys need apparel, hoodies, T-shirts, you name it. Also, if you do have credit terminals and you need payment solutions for those credit terminals, visit lgdirect.net, which obviously the studio here is named after Larry Gilman. So thank you for that. Also, for everyone, again, who's battling any kind of illness, we hope that you guys wind up feeling better. Hope and pray for everyone. And we hope that this world gets to be better every single day because right now is probably the toughest times we've ever seen in our society. Also, for my lovely producer over in Studio B, Debbie, we thank you so much. 
and for Eric again joining us tonight. Eric, thank you so much. Uh, let's go, Birds, even though your Giants aren't playing today, but we hope <laughs> that the Birds end up coming out with a win. Also, for Ryan, uh, I'm, I worry about your Kansas City Chiefs. They're, they're going to keep just doing what they do. It's just, yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Everybody knows where they're going to be at, you know, come playoff time. So you can say whatever you want to. But Kansas City is going to be right in the thick of things as well. But thank you to Ryan, and thank you for everyone tuning in once again. Enjoy the game tonight, and we will see you. Well, actually, there'll be for those who still have tuned in, we will see you tomorrow night with coaching sessions with Jania and Jesse. Of course, that is our life coaches. So we'll see you tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Thursday night, we will see you back here again for episode 158. Fuji will be back in the house, and hopefully he won't come with iron cuffs because God knows what he's getting into tonight. So for everyone else, thank you for tuning in. We will see you all tomorrow night.